Hello, 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 welcome, welcome. My name is Yaz, aka This Kid is 40. Ah, today we had a really, really great, great, awesome podcast again. Uh, we have the men from the final whistle. Uh, three very, very inspiring guys who started a podcast centered around local football, uh, local Singapore football. Uh, a scene that's been really, you know, unattended for so, so many years, you know. Uh, and they've actually built a very, very strong following. So uh, we speak to them about their growth, we speak to them about the scene, and we speak to them about what they want to do moving forward. So uh, enjoy uh, listening. Once again, please like, follow, share, you know, tell your friends, tell your fathers, tell your mothers, tell everybody you know about this little podcast we have right here. So once again, thank you and enjoy. Peace. Hello. 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 So, hello everyone. So, uh, maybe you guys want to just introduce yourself a little bit first. Okay, I'd like to ask this question before, before while you guys introduce yourself. So, um, just kind of like an icebreaker, I guess. So, um, so I think what's important, uh, what, what I would like to say is that if, let's say, you were stuck in an island um, for the rest of your life and you had to only bring one local dish, you know, to that island, you know, and one specific, guys. So you can't just say like chicken rice, but don't tell me which chicken rice. It has to be literally chicken rice from Jombaru or something like that. So it needs to be as uh, as uh, as uh, prescriptive as possible. So I guess I can try it after that. <laughs> uh, but the idea is very much is that uh, what is that local dish that we will bring to the island? So maybe uh, maybe we start with department. Maybe introduce yourself and then give us a, a feel of you know what that dish would be. Well, as far as uh, icebreaker questions go, that is quite a tough one. Uh. Uh, especially because I love food. Uh, what, to choose one? So anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, um, yeah, so my name is Deepan, uh, one of the hosts of The Final Whistle. Uh, yeah, so the dish that I would choose actually, yeah, it is chicken rice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, most specifically, I would actually say it's it's one that it's in uh, Topayo Central, uh, but tahala uh, lah, bro. Uh, so cannot, cannot, cannot recommend you, uh, bro. But uh, I mean, I mean, I love any kind of chicken rice, lah. So even your fork and spoon chicken rice and uh, the the ones that are bedo, uh, the, the halal chicken rice, they are all my favorites, lah. So chicken rice. Uh. Okay, one thing that's interesting though, like like um, what what we realized is that there's been a lot of chicken. So I've done this, I think, four times already, and I think chicken rice is probably the top dish right now. For most people, just but if if you have to ask me for a halal answer, I would say Minang's rendang, ah, and some oh, guys uh, <laughs> will, will do the trick for me. Uh. Uh, okay, okay, awesome. How about you, Nas? Uh, for me, uh, I would take uh, nasi sambal goreng. Ah, nice. Yeah, because I'm more of yeah. like a I have a Malay taste, uh, so it's for, so far one of the best one of the best I have is at uh, near my place area. It's called uh, Sedera Sumang. So, yeah, okay. that's one of the best, I would say, nasi sambal goreng in Punggol. Yeah. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Awesome. How about you, Kabir? Hi, Kabir. Another host on the final whistle. Um, I would go with sate goreng. Baba Din sate goreng, bro. <laughs> <laughs> because I sell it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got a plug. Kabir's Baba Din. So, why do you want to social, right? Baba Din sate goreng. Yeah, you okay, can contact right. us on yeah, Babadin Satay on Instagram. Yeah, but yeah, I've always been a satay fan. Uh. I can eat 30, 30, 30 sticks at one go. Don't uh, not embarrassed to say, but yeah, a bit embarrassed. 
<laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. That's cool, man. That's cool. So I think I think how I think let's start really from the beginning, right? Um, I think it's fair to say that and, and me included, we all have a definite love for football, yeah. So maybe you can guys kind of run through everyone by one, guys. Like you know what what your start in the footballing world, you know how what made you love football so much, and then maybe also talk a little bit about you know how that actually turned into local uh, into the love for local football also. So maybe you guys can you know speak around that at the start. Yeah, so maybe I get started first. So um, for me, I mean, growing up, uh, the dream is always to be a football player. I think for most kids growing up, uh, you watch football and, and you you know you try to be them. Uh, and yeah, so I think in secondary school, uh, I was fairly decent football player, uh, playing for school, got to captain the school on a few occasions uh, for, from Sandro Secondary. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I did have a playing stint with uh, the Tanjung Paga under 18 team. Um, but, but, you know, I think it stopped there. I mean, it's a mix of a few reasons. Lah. One is one being injury. Uh, I had some bad problems with my knees. And also, I think a realisation that, you know, you're just not quite good enough to, to make it uh, as a professional player, even though you're in Singapore. Um, and so, yeah, I totally gave up the dream and, and focused uh, more on what I can do uh, for for a living lah, basically, and I have always you know wanted to do something surrounding football. So you know a lot of people if they can't do something uh, like like play football, they will try to either write about football or or something else related to football. So that was a journey for me like I would say uh yeah in terms of loving football itself, I mean it came from from yeah I mean my dad is a my dad is a former former S League referee. So um, you know I I would watch S League games uh, that he would referee. Uh, and also, you know, Manchester United was a, was a team that I used to follow from young. So all these elements uh, really made me really love football and especially local football as well. Yeah, I can see that Alex Ferguson is, is looking over you at that. Yes. <laughs> and Kanye uh, West. Uh. <laughs> yeah. really two, two very different individuals. Uh. <laughs> uh, how about you, Nas? Uh, for me, I've, uh, I grew up with uh, watching football. So my brother and my all my cousins are actually Liverpool supporters. So yeah, so I tried to be different. Uh, so by being different, I go to support Man United. So yeah, then from there, my love from uh, for local football came because uh, I was I started following during the 93-94 period. So basically, yeah, I I got to enjoy the tail end of the of the of the popularity of the Malaysia Cup and then the the, the beginning of the S League. So yeah, so basically that's 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 how my love for football grew. I mean, I'm also like Deepan. I wanted to be a footballer growing up, but then uh, my school. I remember my primary school teacher saying that you no, know, being a footballer is not a career. So you have to do something else. So I guess you know from not not being able to play football. So in the end, I try to be involved in football production. Yeah. So yeah, so basically that's that's how the love came about. Okay. Cool. How about you, Kamir? Uh, for me, uh, I think I shared. In one of our on our episode with Pandi, I was I used to say an issue, yeah. And uh, Pandi who had his uh, his massage guy was staying in my block, so my first oh. ever experience with uh, a footballer has has been, was Pandi lah. So every every about Wednesday or I, I remember the day that oh, Wednesday, uh, he would come with his purple sports car, park his car there, and I'll see him walk walk into the block, and I'll be super happy. I'll always, I'll always scream out for his name, Pandi, and then he'll look up and then I'll wave at him, wave back. Yeah, so from there, um, the love for football was, the love for local football came, 
But as for love for Man United, we are all Man United fans. Also started with Liverpool because my sister, you know, at the time when uh, Owen was playing and then uh, all all those good-looking buggers who were playing for Liverpool, that's where they, they attracted all these girls, right? Yeah, so my sister was telling me, go, go support Liverpool, support Liverpool. And I was like, uh, Beckham more handsome. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to be... I wanted to be like Beckham, but of course, obviously, I didn't. I was. I'm. Yeah, I didn't. Start, I didn't play football professionally or even for my school team. But that's where my interest came from. Okay, interesting. Now, it's interesting you say Owen. Owen is like literally one of my my most hated players of all time, simply because I'm a Newcastle fan. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so you know, like whenever you say Owen, I I, I cringe always because you know he wasted a lot of Newcastle United's money. I mean, for me also. For, for for me, um, I think I, I love of football. I guess you know, like like you guys also you know growing up. I never, I, I I was a fat kid, so I really couldn't play football. So, so, so I I yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so I wasn't, I didn't go to that road. But I did actually spend quite a bit of time, you know, you know, going through that whole era of the Malaysia Cup days, uh, which I think was probably uh, in many ways the the height, you know, of of, of, of local yeah. football. You know, uh, that, that team that, you know, Abasa, Alistair Edwards, uh, still remember Chang Jung, uh, the, the, the amazing Korean dude. Uh, so I think like, you know, that, that as always, to me, I've always looked at it as almost like the, the pinnacle, you know, because that's where, you know, the whole the whole country was really behind, mm-hmm. you know, Singapore in many ways. So I think I think my next question is this, like, you know, with where we were to kind of where we are now, you know, you guys are doing a great job in actually kind of, I would say kind of rekindling some of that love back, you know, in some ways by by sharing stories of, of this of, of the people that that are behind, you know, the, the, the footballing scene. So I think and what the next question I really want to ask is, you know, how did you guys meet you know, and decide that you guys wanted to do a, a local, you know, football podcast? I think that 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 is a that would be really interesting to know. So uh, funnily, funnily enough, I think how we we started this was actually. Uh, through the love of uh, Manchester United, actually. So three of us, uh, we are part of a wider WhatsApp group that contains a few local Manchester United fans. So, you know, we will always uh, banter before and after the game. You know, some of course, sometimes, you know, uh, share frustrating worries about the team and all. And, um, you know, one, three of us, I mean, we share a common team where we, we do have our own love for local football. Uh, in three very different ways. Like I would say Kabir, uh, you know, was a Tampanese fan growing up. Nas was a Geelong fan growing up. I, you know, come from a very different background in a sense where I don't actually support a particular team, but I've always followed the national team and Singapore football per se. And, you know, uh, I've always loved podcasts and I listen to a wide variety of podcasts um, that are available internationally. So like your Guardian Football Weekly and the United podcast is something that I listen to. So on my own, I did want to start a podcast down the line. Uh, not 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 necessarily a football, a local football podcast, but a football podcast where I can talk about football uh, on a weekly basis. So it just so happened, and this is all purely coincidental, that in that week that I was thinking of and, you know, uh, speaking to a few friends about, you know, wanting to probably start a podcast, uh, you know, down the line, uh, Nas actually reached out to me and said, uh, hey, you know, Kabir and I have been uh, thinking about starting a podcast. Uh, a local football podcast and you know uh, would you be interested in doing it and i thought wow like what are the odds right in like we are i'm thinking of it individually and then um uh, nas is reaching out to me so i said you know why uh you know what like just set up the meeting let's let's talk and let's find out you know uh how we can work together so in that week that he came up with the idea i think maybe there was a monday i think by friday we met up 
um, we sat down and you know from the get go everything clicked uh, three of our interests aligned uh, you know we, we knew what we wanted to do we knew why we had to do it uh, we knew you know what kind of capacity uh, what kind of um, football content we wanted to put out there and it, it all took off very quickly you know I would say that within a week of uh, and, and I think the, the guys can correct me if I'm wrong but within a week of uh, meeting up we actually planned for our first episode already so in the second week already recorded our first episode uh, which of course yeah had its own hiccups uh, we planned for maybe uh, a different guest but you know last minute the guest had to cancel and then we had to so very early on we were already aware of the challenges and the obstacles that we got to get through um, and, and and yeah so so that's how it all took place like, I mean from, from the love of Manchester United to just a common synergy between three of us that's cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean that, that that's really cool. So uh, I remember I I I was telling the the, the, the people online that like you know you, you, I listened to you guys literally I think the Harry Harold that was my first introduction to you guys. So I think that was like episode six or seven. It was was pretty early in in uh, mm-hmm. yep. within within the, and I realized that one one of the key key things was that you guys had a lot of very high profile guests in many ways, right? So people like Harry Harold, Fandi Ahmad. You were I think within the top. Top, uh, within the first 10 episodes, you're really covering quite a few really, really popular. So how do you kind of, you know, force oh, just this correct relationship? Just correct you, Pandi was number 17. Episode 17. number 17. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's his number, right? <laughs> so first 20, la. so I would say first 20. That's his number, right? Yeah, first 20. So I mean, like, within the first 20 podcasts, you, we are already, you know, getting, you already got quite quite a few, you know, big names, you would say, that you know, with followings and all. How do you foster those relationships though? Like I, I know Deepan, you, you you actually have a certain background on that, but you know, how do you, you know, and, and one thing I love about your podcast is that it's not very cookie cutter. It really goes deep into, you know, the struggles that they have. Uh, because I think being a footballer in Singapore is very different from being a footballer in, mm-hmm. in, in, yep. in, in, in Europe. Let's be very real. So I think even going through their struggles that they have, with that, I think that's really, really cool though. Yeah. So you can speak on how, how you started that and, and you know, was that was that part of the plans that you wanted to kind of bring those things into light? Yeah, so just to share, I think this uh this is to share, you know, uh the reason why I personally wanted to get involved in the podcast and also how I'm able to foster these relationships with uh, the former pros or rather even current players is that uh, because I am a journalist with uh, the The Straits Times and also I mean before that I was with the new paper and the 442 magazine. So I've been basically in football journalism in Singapore since 2014 uh, when I was a poly student. So these relationships were all fostered you know, throughout uh, my, my stint as a journalist. But you know what's more important and the reason why I thought the podcast was important was uh, as a journalist, when I speak to uh, a coach or a player, um, the conversation can be about 20 minutes, uh, maybe 30 minutes talk. And only about 5% or, or, or 10% at max you know, comes out in the papers because you, you only have so much space to utilize whatever information or interview uh, content that you have, right? And I, and I always felt it was wasted, uh, especially because there's a lot of juicy stuff or, or maybe personal stuff that they share, but, you know, it doesn't quite fit your agenda in the paper. You know, the, the story that you are trying to say is mo- mostly very news-related, right? So maybe it's a match preview or, or a post-match interview uh, where, you know, it's more focused on the result or the match that is happening. So all these personal things, you know, you got to leave it out. Uh, maybe you can add yes, descriptive things, but you know, you you you, you tend to leave out this information. And I felt like wow. And I'm someone who you know I I have always counted my blessings to be able to speak to these guys. Um, you know, one of the most fun experiences I've had 
as a journalist was in 2015 when Fundy was the Lions 12 coach. Um, and I was uh, more or less attached to the team because I was a journalist covering uh, Lions 12 matches for the Straits Times. And so I got to be close to him. You know, to me, I've, I, I've never watched Fundy play because I, I'm too young for that. Uh, but, you know, you know that Fundy is an icon. But to me, he was actually like almost like a father figure. I mean, the way he interacted with you, the way he spoke to you, and this guy was as humble as, as one can get. And given his achievements, you know, I thought, wow. And, you know, this is one example of what I want people to know of. Uh, I want people to know the footballers, the coaches, the, the personalities involved in local football because the more you listen to them, and I, I can tell you for sure, even Nas and Kabir, they will tell you that um, the people that they thought they knew totally different from when they asked, after they speak to them, the pe- the personalities that they know, they, they tend to love them more, they tend to realise, wow, this guy actually went through many hoops to get to where he is today. So that's the main intention. I think people need to know these stories and, and that's what we wanted to do, create the platform where these guys can share their stories and people can be inspired by, by these former pros or, or coaches. Awesome. So I think, uh, I think from there, right, I think Another thing is also kind of thing is that, you know, the, the popularity of, of Singapore football, you know, it's always, I, I would say it's, it's, it's not, it's, you can't even compare it to, to uh, you know, the, the, the fans of, you know, European clubs and all of those kind of things, right? Like, um, one of the things that really crazy is that you have fans that, you know, go up in arms, you know, when, when they hear things that, you know, Liverpool is joining a Super League. But yet, you know, they don't they don't support <laughs> their their own their own clubs, you know, you know, back back home when we actually have, you know, I think one of the maybe maybe we can just you know put it up for discussion though in some form of way. Like, you know, where what what do you feel, you know, is is I guess lacking, you know, from and I'm not saying from from the football in Singapore, but from us, you know, as as fans in Singapore, you know, and, and how do you feel that how do you think that we can, you know, kind of go um Kind of, kind of make Singapore football great again. Firstly, just attend games. That's a that's a good start. Attend the games now that um, we are allowed to to attend games. Please go and attend the games and see for yourself, like, If you don't, if you say that there's no quality in in Singapore football, go attend the games. Watch. If you say that there's no fans watching Singapore football, go attend the games. Look at the fans; they are there. And yeah, I think and, and if you say there's that the if there's no that there's no personality in Singapore football, listen to our podcast. There's a lot of personality, there's a lot of stories. That's what we we've been wanting to do that. We've wanted to always wanted to bring out the human side of of uh, our local local footballers. The people always look at like for example Noah Lamsha, oh this guy need Daniel Bennett in the head. This guy is crazy, this guy is a this guy is a it's a savage man, but when he came on the show, I was blown away. He was the most humble guy. And I was afraid of I was afraid of saying looking at him in the eye until I, I actually shook his hand and said, Oh, this guy is quite chill. So I mean that's that's one that's one person and there are so many players. So yeah, start there. That if you can't go for games, at least watch it on YouTube. That will actually it's free, man. So why why not? You know? So that for a start. Just watch the game. Whether you have to be there, you can be there or not. Whether you want to watch it on YouTube, just go and watch it, and then see for yourself if there's quality. See for yourself if there is an atmosphere. You, your mind will change. I guess it's also because we've been spoiled for choices. You know, we we've been watching what Bundesliga, EPL, 
uh, you know, all this Italian Syria, and we have this, you know, we have this uh, thinking that okay, this is how football should be played, you know. So yeah, so so when they see that our local football is not like that, so to them it's like, oh no, this is not football, you know. But you know, you should give it a chance, you know. Yes, the quality might not be what we are seeing on TV, but there's definitely quality there, and we have good players, we have good coaches. So yeah, and they they deserve our support, you know. At the same time. Sorry, at the same time, sorry, sorry. most of these people can't even kick a ball. So, who you want to talk to about? <laughs> yeah, I just, just want to touch on something Nas mentioned about quality. So, um, I watch a lot of football and, and I mean, I watch a lot of the Asian leagues especially. And maybe we take it back uh, to 2015, you know, when, because I was covering the Malaysian Super League, right? Uh, boy, I was bored to death by some of the action in the Malaysian Super League, which... It's not the case when I look at the Singapore Premier League today. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to compare the, the Singapore Premier League to, to the English Premier League or whatnot because even if I were to compare, I mean, this season in the English Premier League, there's been so many dull games. I cannot single out any SPL game this season that has been dull. But let's, you know, be, be more focused in our discussion and say that we compare our Singapore Premier League to the leagues in the, in the region. So we're talking about the likes of Vietnam, Thailand, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia. I watch these leagues as well. Uh, maybe not so much the Vietnamese league, but you know, I am aware of the quality over there. And I am the first to, to admit to you that I'm being very honest when I say that the Singapore Premier League does not stand apart in terms of quality at all. I mean, they all have very similar quality. I, I dare say that the Singapore Premier League is a better watch than the Malaysian Super League. Uh, it's a better watch than the, the Indonesian league and the Vietnamese league. Um, maybe we lose out to Thailand because simply of the fact that you know Thailand has better foreigners there playing for the clubs, uh, but the quality is comparable. So you, to me, I feel like you cannot use the the the, the likes of uh, the English Premier League, the Bundesliga, as an excuse because you 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 know for sure that people in Malaysia and Thailand they are really steady watchers of the regional or rather the European leagues as well. But they are able to fill out the stadiums and support their clubs. And this goes down to one thing and one thing only. And to me, that's Singaporeans. Um, we look at anything local uh, and it's not just football anything local you know we don't seem to support our our countrymen uh, anywhere near loyal enough and and to me I feel like people look at it as a football problem but if you actually take a step back and you realise the local arts the local music scene um, that's not anywhere near as um, uh, supportive enough of their local talents and I think that's the problem for us we don't have that, that sporting culture we don't have that um, that loyalty in terms of supporting Singaporeans. And if that can change, then I think I can see football making a breakthrough in terms of filling out stadiums and, and whatnot. Do you think also there's a case, like, okay, for example, like, I, I'll be very honest, I like watching MLS. Simply because, I'm not saying MLS uh, quality is good, but the way they market MLS is amazing. Mm, yep. like, if you look at your yeah, YouTube channels, you look at the way, it, it look, I mean, of course, I mean, they have their, their stars to a certain extent. Mm. But really, it's all about marketing, right? Like, they, they use YouTube, they use social really, really well. Uh, if you look at teams like Portland Timbers, you know, their community outreach, because uh, I have uh, I have cousins, you know, who lives in Vancouver, uh, who actually also at one point in time live in Portland. And I was very lucky in a, in a sense to also, you know, uh, kind, of, kind of interact with them. Like, my, my, my cousin in Vancouver is a huge uh, White Cat fan. And I mean, the stories I hear about them are how they kind of bring their community together. I mean, of course, yes, Canada is huge. But with that being said, you know, the popularity of football is so low, you know, compared to basketball, American football, and all the other sports. But yet, the packaging of how MLS is, is always, to me, uh, you know, they really make it sh like a shiny object. 
that you know that creates a lot of awareness that people want to kind of see. Do you think that's the 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 onus is also on to the league itself to kind of increase you know that ability to market the league? So uh, so yes, you used uh, the the exact word, uh, the correct word rather, which is packaging, right? Uh, yes. I think uh, we have the quality for sure. We have the players, uh, we have the personalities. But you know, who is the one pushing it out to the masses? Uh, nobody. I think when you when you look at people who are, have been following the league, and that's the three of us, right? Uh, we have no problems tuning in week in and week out because we have a certain loyalty to the product in place there because we know the product, we, we don't mind watching it. But to someone who likes football, uh, and knows nothing about the Singapore Premier League. Uh, has he been reached out to? I would tell you no, because I have lots of friends who watch football uh, week in, week out, but they know close to nothing about the Singapore Premier League. So then again, do you blame the fan? Or do you blame the league or, or, or the, the FA for not reaching out to these masses? Then how do you reach out to them? I think, you know, it's very easy for, you know, the four of us to sit down here and say, oh, they should do this, they should do that. Um, but I'm being very honest by saying they've done nothing to reach out to, to, to these guys because... If they had done so, we'll be seeing some semblance of newer fans coming into the league. But you look around and the, the, the same guys that have been watching over the last 10 years are the same guys that are watching over uh, the league now. There's been no new blood uh, added to, to the watching the Singapore Premier League. And you know, I, I'm not I'm not tooting my own horn here or, or the final whistle's horn here, but I've had friends who message us and tell us that, hey, you know, I had a friend listen to the final whistle and now he's watching the, the Singapore exactly. Premier League. Yeah, so that shows you what can be done when you actually focus on the, the product and you know package it in a way where it makes it easy for people to know. If without the podcast, we wouldn't know what's Jordan Webb's backstory. We wouldn't know the struggles Bayaki Kaizen has had, you know, uh, coping with having a family and also being a, a professional footballer. We wouldn't know the struggles that Noah Lamsha had, which uh, you know allowed him to perform on the pitch as well as the frustrations that he had on the pitch. So. The league needs to do more. The FA needs to do more. And until we, we realize that, we are going to be stuck in the same hole. I think we okay. agree, man. I watch it. Sorry. I, I yeah. just wanted to say that. I, I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm starting to... Okay, maybe I don't watch full games. But I'm starting to watch highlights. I'm starting mm-hmm. to follow the league. Really because of you guys. It's you guys and Jerome. Uh, not, because of, uh, not because of Joel, huh? Not because of Joel. <laughs> but no, Joel. Not because of Joel. But, but honestly speaking, I'm, yeah, I'm honest, I, I, I don't know whether Joel is here, but I'm surprised at how good Joel is. Man. I didn't know he was there. <laughs> you know, there was one time we all played. Uh, I didn't play, but the guys were telling me they all played. Uh, we actually had a, a food, food style session. Literally, he rinsed everybody, man. <laughs> he rinsed everybody. And you know, he's like the smallest guy among everyone, even in his esports team, man. not just his own uh, SLP, but even in the explosive, he's like the, the smallest dude, but he is super talented. Yeah, but yeah, I'm starting to follow him also, but really because of you guys, though, because I think like, you know, some of the newer, newer, uh, the newer people, you know, that you, the struggles they have, you know, like I think some of the, the, the I, I know there were a couple of, I can't remember totally that, but there were a couple of uh, podcasts, like it was quite recent, where they literally talked about you know, the under 21 rule and how that's actually destroying mm-hmm. you know, careers of some footballers. You know, I hear that and I'm thinking like, wow, these guys all have real passions to play football, but yet they don't have, you know, the opportunity or they're, they're firstly, they're not being pushed, you know, by the FA because the packaging of the, the league isn't strong. And then only that, because they even get hammered, you know, on certain rulings, you know, and stuff like that. So I think like the plight of uh, of a Singaporean footballer is extremely tough. But to me, that gives people a reason to root for them. So I think if that's, that's what you guys are doing, you're bringing that story to light. 
and you're making them underdogs that people want to support. And I think that's just like, literally the the, the 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 easiest way you know to, to package uh, the Singapore League. If you ask me, yeah. Yep. So another another yeah. way that you maybe can do it is, you know, like I, I've said it before, you package the thing like it's expensive. Package it like like the iPhone may not be the best phone out there, in my opinion, because I'm a Pixel guy. But you know, it's the packaging is so good. You look at the thing and you want to buy it. But yeah, it's it's just as an an ordinary phone. You you can call someone with it. You can use WhatsApp. But there's nothing too special about it but everyone's using it you know if you have to fake it then just fake it till you make it man yeah. you know I mean, to me it's not even about fake it to make it like it's just that you know play to your strengths though. i mean your strengths may not like there are strengths like i said like there is stories to tell mm. you know people for people fall in love with stories people fall in love with the romanticism of football right so i think there's a lot of stories that you can say i think there was one match i think like last weekend where it was like a tree tree or, or it's a crazy uh crazy you know like uh i mean stuff like that you know, I just wish that you hear it a little bit more, you know, rather than, than, than it just being, you know, like, like I literally have to look for, I have to go to your feeds, you know, I have to find it, I, I can't find it on FBS feeds, I can't find it on, on any mainstream media, you know, if I'm being super honest, right now, but that's the beauty of, of where uh, digital world is going, right, I don't have to rely on mainstream, I can go find the information I need. Uh, but just okay, just guys. Uh, there's one interesting question. Even comment uh, by a guy uh, by this guy called by Kai. Uh, he says that to bring Singapore, bring back those people who were involved when he first started in 1996, and replace the people behind. Who sorry, you don't know. Do you feel that the uh, that the people in the FA? Do I mean? Uh, I'm sure you actually have conversations with them. Do you feel that we have the right people in the FA right now? Uh, you don't have to say bad things about them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to push you into that. But the idea is that you know. Uh, just an honest look. Do you feel that we have the right people, you know, to push the league into into the place that it's supposed to get? No, I think I think um, without you know sounding out people from from FA, just want to mention this. I think three of us, uh, we have run this podcast, uh, aimed totally at invigorating the scene, uh, in local football, and we have spent, I would say our own money, nobody has backed us in terms of uh, funding and whatsoever. And we have channeled some fresh eyes to watching the league. Uh, these guys have uh, the backing of quite a hefty budget. Uh, they have the backing of quite good sponsors and all. Um, if we three can do it with, with basically no money and, you know, and, and create products or create uh, content to ensure that the league seems a bit more exciting to newer viewers. Uh, I'm sure they can do a better job than what they're doing right now. So uh, to me, I, I, I would say that uh, I disagree with this particular comment because, you know, he says uh, to bring back Singapore football, bring back those people who were involved. I think the very problem is that those people who were involved back in 1996 are still involved in Singapore football now. And uh, while, while football has moved forward uh, as a sport uh, around the world, I mean, I mean, let's be honest, if, if Sir Alex Ferguson was still managing uh, Manchester United yeah. now, you know, it will be still, it won't be as successful as it was back then, you know, because football evolved. I mean, we look at Jose Mourinho, people say that, you know, football has moved past him. So in the same vein, I don't think that how football was run back then can be run right now, which is why you see that our Singapore Premier League, despite it's the fact that it's been rebranded uh, in terms of the name and all, logo and whatnot, it still exists as it was uh, as an S-League back in 2000 or 2002, 2003, still the same product. So I think the, the better the, the sooner we get uh, the modern guys the, the guys who have shown that they can 
uh, create good things, you know, around the region, and we can get them helping our own league, uh, better. And just to share, uh, I do see that happening in uh in the next year or so. I do see changes happening. So let's just all hope and uh, look out for that. Okay, that's cool, man. Uh, okay, so I think I think now we spoke a little bit about the scene and all. I think one thing that I want to because we we talked a lot about how you know uh the things in your podcast has driven in some form or way at least some sort of attention and awareness to, to local football. Maybe you can just share with us though, like uh you know what were your favorite moments of the podcast so far? I mean, you guys have so far how many episodes that you guys have so far? Has he hit hundred yet? 50. 50? 50. 50. 50. 51, yeah. Tomorrow will be 50. 50. 50 podcasts, right? Yeah. So what were your favorite moments? Maybe maybe individually you can tell us, you know, some of the favorite moments that you've had, you know, in, in, in 50 episodes, you know, of the TFW podcast. Can I go first? Yeah, can okay, go. Yeah. Uh, I've got a lot of good, good moments, but I think one of the best ones would be, um, it's not a moment, but when Bayhaki came in, for, for the show, um, he was genuinely there to share his stories, and even after the after the whole recording, he was like, "Yeah, hey, I got one more story, lah. You guys can can you uh, can you get the mic on again? Yeah, I got I got this story to tell. So so we we got we got everything set up again just for him to tell another 20, 20 minute story, and that was, I mean, these players also want to be heard. Yeah, so you can really see that they want to share the story. They want, they also want the league to prosper. And if this can help that help the league, then they're willing to share. I mean, we of course, like Ipan said, we got no budget. We have no money, <laughs> but they are willing to come and out of goodwill to come and share the story. So, yeah, I I think that my hockey thing, the extra recording that we had after was one of the one of my favorite moments. Yeah, sorry. Before we go to next, a viewer actually has their favorite moment. Did this really happen on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, actually, he did. Uh. He, was, he, was talking about, he was talking about the players that he was coaching. Uh, and yeah. he said that uh, players nowadays not like the players when I was playing. Semua macam pondan. Okay, go, go, go. Okay, uh, uh, come on, go on. Uh, who's next? I think for me also it has to be it has to be the buy episode though, you know because because uh, you know you've seen how buy is on social media how how loud he can be how vocal he can be, but then you know when 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 he starts telling stories about his family his how you know how he has to deal with you know leaving them behind you know and going abroad then you, you can you can feel that you know hey, actually you know he he is having a tough time as well you know, being a footballer and you know it's not just him being like vocal on on social media you know. And you know, and he actually has a soft side to him, you know, uh, you know, a side that you know I'm actually struggling, you know, to be a footballer. I need to put food on my family's table. It's not, it's not just like uh, all the glitz and glamour of being a footballer or going all over, all over Asia. So yeah, for me, it has to be the buy hockey episode. Okay. Yeah, for for me, I think I would say uh, the Fandi Aman episode because uh, I've said this before, lah. So I think when we were done with the recording. And I was, you know, showing him out. Um, and he just turned to me and say, like, "Hey, uh, you think the episode good or not? Uh, uh, you think people will people will like it? Uh, I hope you guys can grow from this episode, like, you know." And then I have people who sometimes who have a curious question of asking me, you know, hey, how much you pay, uh, these guys to come on the show? But here is this guy not just coming in for free, but 
asking whether like is it good enough you know the stories that you shared was it like good uh whether this uh episode will help us gain more listeners i think that that's when you know that these guys are really genuine in wanting to they basically share the same goal as us which is they want local football to succeed they want local football to come up again uh for for lack of better words um so that was one uh, another episode that i really liked was also actually uh the one that we did with a female footballer the only one so far they have done which is uh, actually chris e. Um, and I like that because not because it was a, a female footballer, but because of the fact that you can you can tell you know when from the from the point where you invite her from the point where she comes in and speaks, it's almost it feels like it's surreal for her. Uh, and, and you know it's something that I noticed even after the episode when it came out, uh, her 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 sharing it on her social media, um, you know her friends you know posting it like you could tell that these are the people who. Uh, are taken aback by the fact that hey, I'm being hurt now. Like you know, for so long they've kept their uh, struggles, their the, the the obstacles that they go through to themselves and to themselves only. But right now, you know, we, when you realize that like hey, like yeah, we are not we are not like a big uh, podcast or anything. You know, we are a small one in Singapore, but we we actually give people the platform to be heard and to be listened to. I think that makes you really feel good about yourself. So that episode was something that came to mind. One, what the episode that I, I like was actually quite recent. It was actually the Aravin, Ar- Aravin one where, because I thought I thought he was he was very honest. You know, there was a lot of like very very raw emotions, because you know I mean I can only imagine as a person who's like only to, uh, you know being a, being needing to retire at twenty five years old. It's probably one of the most like like as as a footballer that that's that should not be the case. Uh. that's your prime. Yep. Okay, right? mm-hmm. Some people they've not even hit their prime at twenty five. Probably Correct, that time, yeah. 27, 28. Mm-hmm. And yet you have to leave, you know, because you know of certain buildings, because there are not enough opportunities. I thought that was very revealing. Um, and it shows another side of it shows the true side of football. Football is football is not all glamour, man. Like, you know, there's a lot of hard work, especially in Singapore, yeah. football is mm-hmm. really not glamour. Uh mm-hmm. there's only one Fandi Ahmad man, <laughs> you know, uh who 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 has that, you know, that, that fame. Even he also had his, his ups and downs. So I think mm-hmm. that was to me, to me, I I, I like I said, you know, that that the ability that you guys are always being able to kind of bring up those stories, you know, it's 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 really important, I guess, in many, many ways. But one thing I have to notice though, like, you know, listening to all your podcasts, one thing I realized that a lot of footballers, right, like, they actually, in Singapore, they actually have a lot of opportunities to train overseas. Like, Joel in Valencia or Aris Harun went to La Malaysia, you know, like, everybody actually like, had some sort of stint, you know, in some sort of overseas, uh, you know, overseas uh which I thought I wish it was quite eye-opening for me, uh, you know, like well, when it comes to when it comes to MOUs, uh, we are world champions, uh, in that, uh <laughs> signing MOUs with uh, different <laughs> academies and countries. Uh, but the execution always seems to seems to lack in something like I mean, uh, that's also something we got to take a look at. You know, not do things that look good on the surface, uh, but when you actually go deep down to it, what is the root? Uh, function of it, you know what? What can we get out of it that can actually help our footballers? Yeah, I'm not saying all of them are bad. Uh, there have been some that have been useful for us. Uh, in terms of the partnerships that the FA or, or certain clubs have made. Uh, one that comes to mind is actually the Tampines and uh, JSL partnership. Uh, which has allowed for JSL players to actually get stints at Tampines Rovers and and you know that that's been useful. So I think these are the part, kind of partnerships that uh, that need to be done uh, instead of the very Glamour, um, Singapore, those kind of partnerships. But that's the problem, right? They only go for training, but they don't end up playing there. They don't end up yeah, playing. Yeah, exactly. In two weeks, 
and then it, I think Indra Saran shared the same thing. Um, he was there. He was uh, overseas. I think he was in UK for two weeks. But the first week was just him acclimatizing to the to the cold and getting yeah. his yeah. Uh, getting his legs to get less numb for him to play. Yeah. So I mean, two weeks is for them is nothing. Like, which yeah, is Joel, Joel also went. Joel also, Joel also said the same thing. Like he actually yeah. went somewhere and he, he couldn't take the call. Mm. It's really had to yeah. acclimatize for about a few days. Then only he can start. Then by the time it's only one <laughs> match and then you go home. Actually, when you, when you think about all these like uh, overseas teams, right? One thing we got to factor in is the fact that uh, we we have to ask ourselves: Are our our footballers good enough to play overseas? And the answer is a resounding yes. You speak to foreign coaches who come here uh, because you know if you ask a local coach, the local coach is not going to have the ability or the knowledge to know whether a local player can make it overseas. But you speak to the foreign coaches who come here, and you ask them, "Hey, uh, you know, can this player play overseas?" And they will say, yeah, why not? He is more than good enough to play overseas. So one example that I can think of that comes to mind now is, uh, of course, the, the recently uh, the recent departure from LCS, uh, Aurelio Vidma. He he when when he first came and you know after like the first two months or so when we, when we spoke to him, um, he did say that Shadan Sulaiman uh, can easily play for any of the Australian clubs in the A League, and the A League is a good level. This is a is a league where uh, former national team players are currently playing. I mean, you talk about the Spanish players like Bernard. Um, that we share from from Blackburn, they are all playing there, and 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 you have to realize that this coach who actually you know won the league with uh, or rather did well in the Australian league with Adelaide is saying that Sharan Sulaiman can easily walk into uh, any of the clubs here. And let's be honest, Sharan Sulaiman is not maybe our best midfielder even you know. So if Sharan Sulaiman can make it there, many of our footballers can. So to me, I think there needs to be two things: one, a change of mentality amongst our own local players to realize that um, they got to push the boundaries. Uh, both individually and from they got to package themselves better. You know, we, we talk about the league packaging itself better. They got to package themselves better. And secondly, we got to also try to find ways to put these boys uh uh there. I mean, I, I'm I'm friends with John Barrage on Facebook, uh, our former national team goalkeeping coach, and he's also a, a, a goalkeeping coach for a few Premier League sides before, and he's played in the Premier League as well. So he he used he always says this where you know when he was in Singapore, he was trying to get Hassan to move to uh, to move to play in the Premier League and he was almost successful in that. Um, and, and and I know for a fact that that was actually true that he did really try and Leicester City were actually interested in having Hassan come over for a few trials and you know if not play in the Premier League but maybe a couple of levels down. So you know there is interest there. It's just that you know do we have the connections to put them there? Uh, we are a first world country. I mean no problems at all in getting the connections there. It's about whether we want it or not. And I think it, it, this this story goes back way way far. Like look at Fandi Ahmad, right? There was a point of time when he could have gone into a, a really big club, but instead he chose Indonesia. Uh, yeah. Indonesia is the case, and a lot of it is also not just it's also internal, right? Like like it's culture, the fact that they don't they don't feel uh, that comfortable, you know, you know, being away from family. You talk about how Baikaki, you know, had, you know, they don't want to go to you know Thailand or wherever he was supposed to play. You know, I, and I think it's also like you know because. Maybe maybe it's the, the training that they have, or maybe it's something that is internal, or maybe cultural. Sorry, that's, that's stopping them. But I think in okay, maybe one question that I kind of want to ask, and I, this was not into into what we wanted. Uh, it wasn't the list of things. Like, if you guys had to name one footballer right now, right in Singapore or Singaporean that you feel that can really make it overseas, which is the who is the who is the footballer? Um, overseas, as in in Asia or. Europe. Yeah, uh, in Europe. Yeah, let's say Europe. Uh, I think Europe would be. 
stronger, I guess. If you're talking about you're talking about players or in the league, right talking now, about Singapore, Singapore, Singaporean players. Let's say Singapore is people with the nationality of Singapore over for now. Uh, Iksan's already there, so I think Irfan Pandi should maybe uh try go try to go to Europe. But if you're talking about Singapore. They gotta give it to Dipan, ah. Dipan, you answer. <laughs> Someone in the league. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, and this has not, nothing to do with uh, personal bias or personal relationships that I've had with the players. Uh, but I can name three actually. I think uh, first and foremost, I agree with uh, Cabri. I think Irfan should test himself in uh, Europe. Um, uh, I, I think I saw just last week that he was named uh, by the Thai football fans uh, in the Thai team of the the season, uh, wow. playing for BG Patum United. Um, wow. And that boy has a monster mentality. I think he he is someone who will really, you know, go 100% in terms of training and his mentality. Uh, another one that um, I would be happy to admit uh, has proved me wrong is uh, Saiful Akbar. Uh, when he, you know, he initially got a training stint with La Liga club and, you know, I watched this boy in training before and, uh, and you know, I thought like, nothing special. Uh, but, but wow, since he has been given a chance in the Singapore Premier League, uh, this boy has a mentality. He has the good guidance because he's he's a dad. He's a he's a very good coach. Um, he's he's got the ability to play there as well. And another one who is perhaps a bit older now, but I still feel uh, can do something in Europe is actually Safwan Baharudin. Um, mm. You know, the, uh, this player is someone who made a mark in the A League uh, mm. when he went over there. Uh, you know, he had the ability to you know make a mark in a league like that. And he was at that time playing. Uh, he was center, central central midfield partner to Aaron Moy, who you know yeah. in a couple of seasons yeah. after went to, yes went on to play in the Premier Huddersfield and Brighton yeah. even. Uh, and you know, yeah, so, so to me, I feel like wow, if Aaron Moy can do it, Safwan can can easily do it. And this is a guy who can play in midfield, can play in defense. And you know, I do still hope and and I harbor some level of hope that. You know, after he ends his stint in Malaysia, some some way or another, he'll be able to to get a stint in Europe. No, Dipan, I was about to say Saiful, but do you think his size might be a problem? Yeah, so so I think size is always something that works against footballers, uh, especially from our region, right? Uh, but uh, I I had this discussion a couple of weeks back where uh, I think football in Europe is changing as well, where yes, uh, exactly. all of these like diminutive players yeah. are, are, you know quite key for the team. So, you, you take a look at uh, the Premier League now, for example, um, you, you see a couple of those smaller players uh, yeah. making a mark. Yeah, I, I don't like to use Messi as an example because he is a different breed, yeah. right? He's an alien. Yeah, but... No, I think, I think yeah. a good one is actually David Silva, Kante. Yes. Mm, yeah. Small, small, yeah, you know. But with that being said, the smaller they are, they're usually more diminutive, more more evasive and stuff. But there are a lot more smaller players. I completely agree, though. I think the football has changed a lot. I think the... The pep system, you know, of, of it's not really about physicalness. But with that being said, people like Irfan Fandi literally is uh, will, will, will has the build and physique to actually go into any. So, someone someone comes to mind just because I watched him yesterday and he was fantastic. Phil Foden. I mean, that, that yes. guy seems like the wind exactly. can blow him over, but he <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised that you you didn't say Harris Aaron. Like I always feel that Harris Aaron still. Yeah, I think for Harris, I think the time has passed really for him. Yeah. So yeah. But I, I think okay, maybe was... maybe if if let's say someone from the future, uh someone for the future, I would say uh 
based on his performance last season, I would say uh, Jacob Muller, I think he has the potential to go far. Mm. Mm. So, but uh, yeah, now he's serving his NS, but yeah, I think I think he's one that has the potential to go far, actually. Yeah. And none of you say Joel. Why are none of you saying Joel? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went for an easy one, sir. We didn't think too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I think... Uh, so, I, so hey, guys, it's been really, really fun talking. I think just in closing, I think what I really want to kind of ask also is what do you guys see, you know, for the future of the, the, the final result? You know, are you guys still going to continue as well? Do you guys have things planned up? You know, what is the vision, you know, maybe in the next year or so? Because you guys have grown so much. I mean, if I'm not wrong, you guys only started last year, right? Um, you guys already went up the charts, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, I saw you guys have a bit of a Twitter war with someone on Twitter and you guys were saying that you guys are like 55 <laughs> you met me so much. Oh, I, right? I, don't, I don't want to misquote this number, but it's like 55,000 uh, listeners so far. Is, is, is that right? It's, it's now it's more than 55,000. So, okay, what's, uh, what's the number roughly now? I can actually check the exact one for you, though. Okay, let's go. Um, it's not loading, eh? 55.4k. <laughs> There's a lot, man. You know, that, that's yeah, crazy, and, right? and you got to put this into context. I always, context is important. That fact that this is local Singaporean yeah. football. So, exactly. you know, it's, it's amazing. But of course, you know, just uh, just to be very clear, of course, this 55,000 is across all our episodes so far. Yep. Um, and, and I think a, a better gauge of that would be, I think, our average audience per episode. Um, you know, the fact that we actually have about about in the first week, we'll have about nine hundred to about nine hundred uh, plays on on our episodes. That clearly shows there's interest in the local league. Um, what is next for us is to evolve our content. Uh, because you know we 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 do we juggle this uh, based on our along with our full time endeavors. Uh, me being a student and and us and coming with their own work. Um, I think uh, what we want to do is try to find more time to do visual content. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, podcast is podcast and in, in, it exists in that realm, but uh, we do feel that YouTube and, and having visual uh, work actually help us and also also help Singapore football more. Uh, I think recently you saw we did a collaboration with our friends over at SG Football Podcast. Uh, yes. That was just a small, you know, uh, sample of what we can do when we work together with like-minded people uh, in our industry. So, that's our next step forward. You know, try to use other mediums to grow the the reach of Singapore football. Okay, cool, man. Awesome, awesome. So, any uh, any last words? Or I mean, if, if that's fine, I just want to thank you guys so much. You know, this has been really eye opening. Uh, I I know it's really late because you guys had a podcast before this, so <laughs> I totally I I totally I am really really definitely grateful for having you guys on board. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm. Uh, and, and to everyone that's still here, uh, I'll be we'll be putting this uh, episode on Spotify. Also, I'm still I'm I'm still I'm still figuring out whether to put this up on YouTube. I'm, I just wanna I just wanna put focus on Spotify and Twitch for now. Um, and yeah, man, thank you guys all for for joining us. Uh, and have a good night and uh, have a great have a great week ahead. And thanks, guys. Thank thanks you. again so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye.